Hello, listeners. Yamina here. Welcome to this special episode of the Dr. GPCR podcast. My guest is Dr. Aaron Sato. He is the Chief Scientific Officer and VP of Protein Engineering at Twist Biopharma. Twist Biopharma is actually a vertical of Twist Bioscience. If you've never heard of Twist Bioscience, it created a revolutionary silicone-based DNA synthesis platform to offer customers access to more affordable, high-quality synthetic DNA faster. Aaron, my guest today, earned his PhD at MIT, where he worked on the structure-function relationships of MHC class II proteins. He worked in a variety of roles after his PhD, where he used his protein engineering background and became what I would call an antibody engineering expert. As such, Aaron has been a Senior Director of Lead Discovery, Senior Director of Antibody Discovery, VP of Research, VP of Protein Sciences, and before joining Twist Biopharma and Twist Bioscience, he was the CSO and Head of Lake Pharma Antibody Center. Aaron and I talked about how using Twist Bioscience's proprietary technology to manufacture DNA at a scale, the team saw an opportunity to tackle the challenge of identifying novel functional antibodies targeting GPCRs as part of Twist antibody library design. To learn more about Twist Biopharma or Twist Bioscience, please visit twistbiopharma.com or twistbioscience.com. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to thank Twist Biopharma for sponsoring this podcast episode and our Dr. GPCR October newsletter. If you haven't done so yet, visit drgpcr.com newsletter to subscribe and share our newsletter with your colleagues. To support Dr. GPCR, please visit drgpcr.com sponsors or email us at hello at drgpcr.com. And now, let's dive in into our episode with Dr. Aaron Sato. So hello, everybody. I'm Yamina Bershish, founder of Dr. GPCR, and welcome to another episode of the Dr. GPCR podcast. Today, I have the pleasure and the honor to talk to Dr. Aaron Sato. He is the CSO currently at Twist Biopharma. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Yamina. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so as I mentioned uh, a minute ago, so you're the CSO at Twist Biopharma. Can you tell us a little bit more about your career and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I'll go all the way back to my graduate work. I, I graduated from MIT in the lab of Lawrence Stern, who's a, a crystallographer in the area of um, uh, working on uh, MHC class two crystal structures. So I got a really firm, uh, great experience and working with uh, looking at structure function relationships around uh, immune receptors. Um, I then transitioned into my very first job, which was a DIAX, which is a synthetic antibody phage display company. So I got a really broad experience on uh, discovering antibodies using phage display. And then I went on to a number of other smaller biotech companies as I transitioned to California. So I worked for um, Oncomed, it's a cancer stem cell company focused on using biologics to address cancer stem cells. Uh, worked at Sutro Biopharma where they um, uh, had a unique self-free platform for making site-specific antibody drug conjugates. Um, and then I transitioned to a couple other roles. Uh, I led the antibody center at uh, Lake Pharma, which is one of the largest um, biologic CROs in the United States. And then finally, I, I landed at uh, Twist, where I head up the um, uh, Twist Biopharma vertical at Twist. So that group is focused on utilizing all the fantastic DNA products of Twist to help um, pharma and biotech companies discover as well as optimize antibodies. And I've been at Twist for two years now. 
Wow, fantastic. So a, a bunch of roles that all prepared you to, at the end of the day to to assume this new this new role a twist. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always say that, you know, my career has always been <laughs> leading up to this fantastic role that I have at Twist now, which is basically utilizing synthetic DNA libraries and utilizing phage display to discover antibodies against all kinds of different targets. So it's, it was really a fantastic and perfect role for me to step into. Maybe my audience is not aware of who Twist Biopharma is or not even aware who Twist, uh, Twist is. Can you tell us more about the difference between Twist Biopharma and Twist Bioscience and uh, what do you do? Sure. So again, uh, Twist Biopharma is a division within Twist Bioscience. Uh, Twist Bioscience as a parent company is uh, has a very unique uh, silicon platform where they can basically synthesize large pools of individual oligos, up to 300 base pairs in length, and they can use those pools of oligos to make all kinds of uh, different DNA products. So clonal genes is one of our products. So you can go online, order any uh, DNA up to 5KB, clone into any vector you wish. And that's a really large revenue generating business for us. We have other products uh, in the NGS space where we're using uh, pools of oligos to, for sample prep uh, ahead of um, NGS sequencing. Um, and then we've created two additional verticals in the company, Twist Biopharma being one of them, which I'll, I'll expand on in a second. And then the other is uh, data storage. So I oversee the Twist Biopharma uh, division of the company. And that group is focused on, as I said, um, using um, another product I didn't mention, which is our DNA library technology, where we can actually use these pools of oligos to make um, high quality and diverse DNA libraries. We use that same platform to create a whole suite of different um, antibody phage display libraries. And that's key and central to our mission, which is basically um, creating those libraries, broadly licensing, licensing them outward to other biotech and pharma companies, as well as doing funded research projects uh, on behalf of those companies to help them discover as well as optimize antibodies. And we have a whole platform for doing antibody optimization as well um, that's called TAU, which stands for Twist Antibody Optimization. And that again, utilizes that same library platform to help others uh, take an initial antibody sequence and improve upon it um, and potentially also humanize it as we do that. Wow, I did uh, scroll, look around on the Twist Biopharma and Twist Bioscience websites, and I think the technology of being able to print DNA uh, at, at such a high yield and have all these libraries, it's, it's, kind of, it's really revolutionary and it's really a really cool technology. Yeah, I mean, one, uh, one differential that, you know, that's been really uh, great for me as an antibody engineer is that in the past when we've made synthetic libraries, we've typically had to use degenerate oligos to do that. So either oligos that use mixtures of nucleotides or trinucleotides to encode for the diversities that you see in the CDR loops of an antibody. Um, be, we're using our uh, silicon-based platform, we don't actually have to do that. We can actually make pools of individual discrete sequences and alga pools and then use that as the input to then create these libraries. And that's like, that gives us a lot more control and also yields higher quality libraries in the end. Wow, that's fantastic. Where did the idea of creating Twist Biopharma come from? Yeah, so the idea of creating Twist Biopharma came from our founders. Um, so Emily, uh, who's my boss, CEO of the company, as well as some of the other founders on the executive team, um, came up with the idea of creating the two verticals I talked about. So Twist Biopharma, as well as the data storage verticals. Um, and so they then sought out um, people to come in internally to kick off those new verticals. And so, um, and again, the idea was really this 
idea of not just selling custom DNA products, but also selling the application of them. Um, and so that's why um, we see the Twist Biopharma, as well as even data storage, as kind of the next evolution of, uh, of creating even higher value products derived from DNA. I know we, we haven't, it's a GPCR focused podcast, but can you tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the storage, the other division of uh, Twist? Yeah, yeah. again, it's not my expertise, but it's just this idea that you can use DNA for long-term data storage. So um, as you know, you know, DNA is one of the most you know, rugged materials <laughs> that nature ever created. So um, in the fact that, you, for example, you can dig up you know, fossils and collect their DNA and actually understand like, what organism they came from. So the, the idea is that uh, rather than encoding data in kind of ones and zeros on silicon, um, can, you, can you actually encode for data in the ATGs and Cs of DNA? Um, and then take advantage of that rugged nature of DNA. Um, and so uh, synthesize it, and then if you need to down the road, actually read it out. Um, but it's more of a longer-term storage rather than kind of like short-term read-write storage that you might think about in terms of a hard drive. Wow, truly a revolutionary, definitely. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. It, it's, it does sound really cool. Um, so as I mentioned, it's a GPCR-focused podcast uh, where... Where do GPCRs come into play in the Twist Biopharma's mission? Um, you know, again, I always say silicon, uh, yeah, synthetic um, antibody phage display libraries are actually best used for really difficult to drug targets because, you know, if you had an easy target, um, you might want to just kind of use the more traditional uh, antibody discovery technologies like hybridoma or all the other uh, kind of more mainstream technologies. But um, so, and if you think about it, like, what are the most difficult targets out there that are difficult to address with biologics? Certainly GPCRs are you know, first and foremost on everyone's mind. So, and also, as we know, you know, almost all the, a good majority of the validated targets out there um, are directed against GPCRs, but they're mostly uh, drugged by small molecules. So again, we had this idea of, again, applying it to a class of targets that are difficult to drug um, but uh, use and it's, uh, synthetic antibody phage display libraries to address them. And so that's where this idea of targeting GPCRs came from. And we wanted to take advantage of our unique way of generating libraries using alga pools to create a library that was kind of unprecedented uh, in the industry uh, in terms of addressing this specific class of targets. And the goal is to be able to generate any, uh, antibodies targeting any GPCR that is that we know at least the the structure for or do you or is it just or how do you start out what's the starting material in order to be able to generate an antibody yeah so um the our very first library came from this idea that um you could encode for specific gpcr body motifs into the heavy chain cdr3 of an antibody structure and mm -hmm. so we created a fully human synthetic antibody phage display library where we basically collected together all the known uh, motifs that are known to bind to GPCRs. So uh, motifs derived from protein, uh, protein ligands, protein uh, peptide ligands, um, maybe even, even in some cases, even antibodies that are known to bind to GPCRs. And we created, a, again, a very large alga pool that encoded for the, all these different motifs and then inserted it into the top of the heavy chain CDR3 of this library. So I, I call it a motif-directed library. Um, and it's basically rich in things that um, uh, bind to GPCRs. And so, you know, I, 
ideally, you know, what we found is it's, it's very straightforward to find um, antibodies where some of the motifs derived to those specific GPCRs are in the library. And we actually have a really nice example um, where we've done that with GLP-1 receptor. But we also find that it can also be used to drug um, other targets that maybe don't bind proteinaceous ligands, or even in some cases that uh, maybe are orphan GPCR receptors. So even though this motif content is directed to specific GPCRs, we can, we can find in the context of larger antibody diversities in the other loops, we can actually find antibodies to some of these other uh, GPCRs that uh, fall into these other classes of uh, either non-proteinaceous GPCR binders or uh, orphan GPCRs. And it's a nice way also to, to think about GPCR families. So having an antibody that targets one specific receptor in a family and having that proximity in, in you know, the, um, the sequence and the topography of the receptors that is exposed at the cell surface can also be an advantage of, of using this technology. Right, exactly. Um, so uh, how does a platform work? Uh, let's say you have, you want to target a family of, of receptors. What do you do in practice? So how does it look? Um, so like I mentioned, we have these off-the-shelf libraries that we've already created. Um, I talked about the motif-directed one. We've also created a GPCR library that's um, where we've basically taken all known uh, GPCR-binding antibodies, and we've actually uh, taken all those sequences and find that found the commonalities between all of them. And we've also created another library that's focused on GPCRs. We have those two libraries that we can use to just kind of pull off the shelf and pan against any GPCR we wish. Um, we just need to have a good uh, source of the actual GPCR target, um, mm -hmm. which often is a high expressing cell line that we can get our hands on, or in many cases, we can work with others to get to solubilize GPCRs that we can use to, uh, to pan and screen the library against. And so once we have those two things, we can, uh, we have all the expertise and resources in-house to rapidly um, pan, screen. And then at the end of the process, we can also very easily synthesize all the DNAs that encode for all these antibodies. And we've also created a whole workflow for making antibodies and doing all the downstream testing to see if the antibodies bind cells and actually also have function against these specific GPCRs. So we've, we've streamlined the entire workflow. Um, again, starting from these high-quality libraries as well as having access to high-quality target um, that allows us to very quickly find antibodies that bind as well as potentially have function against each of these different GPCR targets. Wow. And when you say very quickly, what is the time frame that you usually look for? And what are some of the regular, I mean, old-school type of, of ways of you know, coming up with GPCRs? How does that compare with the technology that you're using? Yeah, we've, we've, we've uh, we streamlined it and added as much automation as we could to potentially get it down to like an eight to 10 week period. Um, and we've again, shown that from time and time again, as long as we have access to the off the shelf libraries, as well as have access to these cell lines, we can very quickly and rapidly uh, progress to that. We've, we, I've, I've set up the workflow such that we can kind of skip kind of the more traditional um, fragment based screening and go directly to full IgG. Um, and so that allows us to give us a, a bivalent molecule that is very amenable to doing a lot of the assays that are um, typically done with GPCRs in terms of looking at flow cytometry binding, as well as doing all the functional assays. So um, that'll really rapidly allows us to get to antibody materials that we can then um, test in these assays to see if we have uh, potent, GPCR, potent GPCR antibodies. That's really neat because in, in less than three months, you go from, from a sequence to an antibody. 
that you're able to test for binding, but also test for functional for functional response. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, that's also a really big game changer for what we do is this ability to not only have access to these really rich sources of libraries, but also the speed at which we can implement those workflows to get to a an antibody that's in this in the past been really difficult to get because GPCR antibodies are just so uh, intractable oftentimes. Yeah, and they're they're difficult also to to obtain if you go the old school way or the sure. longer. No, the absolutely. Route. I mean, again, I, I I often like love to look for. I call my my greenfield um, areas where there's not a lot of competition because the, there's just really no technology that enables you to to drug specific targets. And so that that's why I love these GPCR libraries because I can go after targets where others you know have have tried really really hard and they've oftentimes failed. Um, and so I can go in with these libraries and really allow me to to drug them quite quite readily and potentially easily compared to some of those previous efforts. So this would be one of the um, major uh, distinguisher, distinguishing characteristics of, of Twist Biopharma and the GPCR platform, that you can generate antibodies really quickly, and then you can also test them in-house to look for binding and for, for functionality. What are Absolutely. the other yeah. characteristics that distinguish um, Twist Biopharma from a traditional, or this, this methodology from a traditional sure. uh, way of Sure. The other uh, major distinguisher that I that I haven't talked about yet is just our ability to um, quickly make lots of additional libraries. So um, I call it my uh, library of libraries. This idea that um, you know in the past you know to make a you know a single synthetic library maybe maybe it would have taken maybe a year to do um, in a traditional company. Here I can actually make new libraries on the order of on a monthly basis, um, and so we continue to increase the breadth. Um, of our library of libraries by adding additional library content every month. And my vision is that eventually we'll get to maybe even having like a whole plate of different libraries. In, in phage display, you're oftentimes um, kind of uh, capped out around 10 billion different antibodies per library. And so one way around that um, limited diversity is to actually have multiple libraries. And so if I have 100 libraries at 10, 10 billion different antibodies per library, then I could hopefully have you know, 10 to the 12th different antibodies in total uh, that I can screen. And so that's one way where, again, because we're, we're experts in DNA, uh, we can very quickly make these high quality libraries and make lots of them and have them all at our fingertips where if any target comes our way, we can pan not just one, but maybe multiple libraries all in tandem using this high throughput workflow that I talked about before. That's great. Um, who do you usually collaborate with? Who, who are these libraries intended for? Who is Twist Biopharma marketing its services for? Yeah, again, we're, we're here to serve the, the entire biotech and pharma industry. I think and initially a lot of our partners have been smaller companies that um, don't have access to a discovery um, group internally. So they see us as a, a value added partner to help them in their uh, antibody discovery efforts. Um, but now we're transitioning and trying to work with um, larger companies, um, farmer companies to um, not only do that work for them, but also to license out the technologies to them because they now have, they of course, have internal groups that can interrogate and use these libraries. So we're also trying to actively work with larger companies to uh, out-license um, our phage display libraries to them as well. Wow. And um, how can... Um what is the best way to get in touch with you if, if, 
you know, let's say I'm a biotech or I'm a pharma company, I have an interest in the class of, of GPCRs, what do I do? Yeah, we have our own website, um, twistbiopharma.com. Um, you can just definitely, you can just go on the website and there's a um, contact us um, tab you can put in. Of course, you can always contact me over LinkedIn as well. That's also a great, a great way to, to get, get in touch and we can set up some time to go through in, in detail um, all the different libraries that are in the library of libraries. That's fantastic. You seem to have the way I imagine it is kind of this shelf where you have all these treasure, yeah. treasure libraries, <laughs> and you kind of it's a like a CD shelf, and you can pick and choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, um, exactly. Antibodies that that you wanna that you wanna use. So one other question I had for you is: so now you're making libraries of libraries. Uh, what is the plan? Where do you see the company going in in one to five years when it comes to libraries and developing this this technology or using it? better. Yeah. So again, as I mentioned, um, the, there's really kind of two kind of buckets of libraries that we plan to do. So I, I think um, we definitely plan to create um, more kind of general use libraries that can be, that are based on different scaffolds. So FAB, SCFV, you know, VHH, single domain libraries, which are also have a lot of applications in GPCRs um, to just have them off on the shelf where you can uh, again, interrogate difficult to drug targets, maybe that aren't integral membrane proteins, but just again, any target that might come our way, we can use these general libraries. And then we also plan to, again, to continue this trend of finding libraries to difficult to drug targets. So again, to expand on our GPCR efforts, to think about other targets like ion channels, uh, transporters, carbohydrates as targets. Um, and again, uh, go on, continue this theme of creating target-focused libraries at the same time. So we see um, both types of libraries as being really important. And that, that, again, will allow us to continue to expand the breadth um, of the library of libraries. Of course, and, and having more and more partnerships with biotech and pharma will also, um, my guess is, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll say what you think about this, but uh, would also allow you to kind of direct where the need is and try to respond to, to the, where the, where the need is in biotech and pharma. Yeah, is. absolutely. And I mean, another big area for us is uh, we continue to collaborate really closely with other companies too. Like we've, you know, we were working with academics, other biotech companies to come together and create um, libraries together. And so that's also another way that we see how we can continue to um, innovate and create even more libraries is um, by working with others that may have, uh, you know, unique expertise in particular types of antibodies or have some unique uh, kind of bioinformatics and silico expertise. Um, and so we, we were very open to collaborating with others to come together and use this fantastic DNA platform that we have to, to create these very innovative libraries. Super. What are some of the applications um, in, in patients, for example, where you see these, these antibodies uh, do do what they're meant to be, be doing, meaning targeting GPCRs. Where where do you see those applications happen? Would it be more drug discovery, or would it be directly uh, treating some diseases? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, again, we're not really uh, focused internally uh, on coming up with our own drugs quite yet. Um, we're kind of more outward facing when it comes to using these libraries, and so again, we're. Uh, we're very focused on seeing what our partners are interested in using them for. I mean, most of the targets we've seen lately are mostly on oncology focused, but much like um, most um, typical bio, uh, biologics out there. But certainly, I think in the area of GPCRs, there's a huge breadth of 
targets in other diseases. Um, and so I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll see other applications in inflammation, <clears throat> cardiovascular disease, um, maybe even uh, some other uh, disease areas that'll, that'll probably, diabetes, for example, that um, might, might play a role in other me metabolic diseases as well. Yeah, well, GPCRs do basically everything when you think about it. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> it's a huge breadth of different, <laughs> uh, different diseases you could get involved in. So I think that's, again, really a really nice thing about working with GPCRs is you can really you know, work on lots of different applications you know, in terms of diseases and potentially have a, a big impact, um, not just in oncology, but in all these other really very relevant um, and kind of unmet diseases that um, people are trying to drug. Yeah, and having such a cool platform and all these really, really um, innovative tools that Twist uh, Biopharma has developed, I think sounds could be considered a great foundation to build on and to move ahead drug discovery and also understanding how these GPCRs function in the future so that we can target them better. No, sure. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So I have to ask, uh, how have you been doing with the current pandemic? I know everybody's talking about it uh, and we cannot not talk about COVID. How has it shaped the company's work? Um, how has it affected the team? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So uh, again, uh, you know, Twist has been really fortunate in the sense that we've been able to keep uh, the R&D and manufacturing part of our company going during the pandemic. So. Um, that's been good for us to help our partners, who a lot of who had to shut down um, during this time. And so we were able to keep their projects going, um, which was fantastic. We also undertook a, a, a COVID project of our own uh, within the Twist Biopharma team. As you may have seen, we've done some discovery work against uh, both the uh, virus as well as ACE2 to come up with antibodies that could be used for either therapeutics or diagnostics. So the doing those projects as well as having the COVID uh, specific project, I think was actually really helpful to keep the team motivated. Um, you know, we were, um, we were actively working on something that could help out with the pandemic and at the same time delivering with our, to our partners, all the fantastic work that was not COVID related, but um, was certainly important to them to keep going during the pandemic. And so I think by having those two uh, types of projects going through the team was really helpful to keep us motivated and, and pushing ahead um, through these really difficult times. And focused as well at the same time. I think it's a good motivator. Absolutely. And you know that you're directly working on, on this whole COVID. No, totally. Um, were there any changes uh, within the company that you had to implement to adapt to the new reality? Um, how, how did how did that happen in the company? Yeah, again, we we had to adhere to all the the typical safety precautions that everyone else is implementing uh, in companies in terms of uh, you know masks and and social distancing, um, and also as I mentioned, we the the current uh, at, at our headquarters, we only uh, the only people that are here are really the folks that are that are doing lab related work. Um, all the other office staff are staying home, so I think. Um, being really focused on using the site to, to do the really important uh, research work and manufacturing work that we have to do, um, and then um, keeping all the other stuff away from that site as we move ahead has been really uh, important for us to make sure we stay safe, but at the same time, keep things moving ahead. Yeah, and it also helped, um, you know, adhere to the, all the social distancing rules. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. 
at one one spot definitely well Erin thank you so much for being here today we've learned a great deal about the Twist by Pharma platform I can't wait to see what's coming I, I do still really imagine that freezer with with all the uh, all the libraries of libraries uh, coming together and hopefully you know now people in the GPCR field will hear more about the work that you do and they can get in touch with you through LinkedIn and on the podcast transcript page, they'll also find the link to the, to the company, but also the link to your LinkedIn uh, account. Great. Thank you so much, Amina. And I look, really look forward to interacting with anybody that wants to get in touch with us around uh, any GPCR efforts they're doing. As, as I've you know, publicly said, I love working on GPCR targets. And so anybody that needs, needs help in their discovery efforts, please get in touch with us. Absolutely. And especially that you, you only you have the capacity of generating a lot of antibodies very quickly, but also you do have the capacity and the expertise to test these antibodies, well, which which is unique. Absolutely. Yeah. No, totally. All right. Thank you. For uh, thank being you so here. much. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Dr. GPCR podcast episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to our sponsor, Twist Biopharma, for the support. I'd also like to thank Dr. Aaron Sato, Attila Forrest, Jin Chong, Shivani Sajdev. Music by Rosa Bershish. I'm your host, Dr. Yamina Bershish. To support Dr. GPCR, please visit drgpcr.com sponsors. We truly appreciate your support, which allows us to bring you podcast episodes, newsletters, and so much more. Thank you for the privilege of your time. And until next time, stay safe.